as it gets. Hey, this is Marcia Prince, IFBB Bikini Pro and Guest Berry Nutrition Spokesmodel, and you are listening to the UCW Radio Show, In Your Face. The number you have reached, 911, has been changed to a non-published number. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. Give it to me, baby. All right, welcome to the UCW Radio Show, and thank you for tuning in. Today we have a great guest on the show. She is an amazing talent in the world of interior design. She's been featured on NBC's Open House, George to the Rescue, and LXTV's On the White Carpet, to name a few. She's been featured in a lot of magazines, newspapers, you know. Uh, she's been all over the place, and she's just growing still. And her popularity is getting vaster, and her business is booming. And her story is one that will inspire you, I have no doubt. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Francis Herrera to the show. Francis, welcome to the UCW Radio Show. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be overdue. Way overdue, without a doubt. I'm seeing you on TV all over the place. You're like, yeah, oh my God, you're, 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 getting, you're blowing up. You're blowing up. And I'm like, uh, when's Francis going to come on my show? Waiting, waiting, waiting. But now we have you here, and it's, it's, it's great to have you on. Uh, your, your background is interesting, you know, and I want to get into everything. Uh, you and I spoke before, and I want to get into everything that's going on in your life. What makes you you, and how did you, you know, progress from you know, being uh, in New York to now having a very successful interior design business? But the, the business that you do is, is different in nature, and I like it. Because with uh, a lot of homeowners uh, that are new to market, first-time homeowners coming out, you know they're looking for, you know, uh, they're looking for that high-end look, but without the high-end prices. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's exactly my philosophy, and that's what sets me apart from all of the other interior designers and decorators. And I discovered this when the recession hit: is that people, you know, really were not. Uh, able and the mindset also changed. People just didn't want to spend more than they had to, and everyone was much more budget conscious. And naturally, I think just everything, the mentality and the behavior shifted into being much more conservative. And uh, not that I was like a super high end and crazy expensive designer before, but everyone just I realized that it, I just became more conscious of it. And so in, you know, developing new business strategies, making sure that I was going to stay afloat through mm. the crisis that we all went through, yeah. I um, started, you know, putting together a much more uh, approachable sensibility to my business. And, um, and so I came up with uh, my philosophy, and it's called affordable luxury. Mm. And the meaning of that is by curating elements that are high uh, quality that my clients value, whether it being a well-made piece of upholstery or, you know, well-made uh, case goods, which would be tables and cabinets that are investment pieces and then mixing those with pieces that are not so expensive, like, you know, pillows. People don't have, you know, don't want to spend, you know, over $50 on pillows or accessories or even artwork that you can find some great, 
you know, up-and-coming artists that are accessible and affordable. So it's that mix, that special mix, it uh, allows me to create these interiors that look super high-end, but they don't have that high price tag um, that comes with it. And so that's, you know, my philosophy. It's affordable luxury. And my clients love it because they get this super sophisticated look that's livable, it's luxurious, but... um, it's accessible and they don't have to feel guilty about telling their friends that they've worked with an interior designer. Instead, they brag. They're like, yeah, we worked with this, you know, great talented girl and she was amazing and she helped us all do it within, you know, our budget and we never felt intimidated and she never made us feel bad. And she, you know, was very, you know, cautious with our money and very caring. So, um, I think that's really what sets me apart, but I think that's also what makes my business, um, successful is that, you know, you have to just be, you know, malleable to the times and be able to switch gears um, when there's a change, whether, you know, with the economy or with whatever the case is, is you really have to kind of be diverse and be creative mm-hmm. in how you market yourself and you position your services and your business. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one element of, of what I do. And then in addition to that is, you know, developing a niche where after, I came up with my affordable luxury philosophy and sensibility is then figuring out ways to let people know what I'm doing. And by that, I started doing my makeover, showing people how you can easily transform a space without breaking the bank by just repurposing things you already have, bringing in accessories that, you know, bring in life to a room by colors and textures and then adding luxurious elements through the use of accessories, which are not very expensive. So you can have, you know, a space that um, you may have decorated five or ten years ago and then just give it a brand new look without breaking the bank by just bringing in just a few key pieces, some artwork, some pillows, some trays, you know, a throw, some decorative elements, and then end up with a brand new room mm-hmm. for, you know, a portion of, you know, of what it would cost you to go into a showroom and, you know, buy everything brand new. So um, so that's a lot of what I've been doing on TV, and it's been mm-hmm. well-received. People love it. But that's the thing. Your, your, um, your, your, um, your uniqueness is, is what draws people to you because, I mean, look, I, I can't do it, but you can walk into a room and you can something that can be like dullish or doesn't look up to standard. You can look at it and say, "Wow, you know, I can do this," and all of a sudden make some magic. You know, I mean, that's exactly. a talent. That's a talent. I mean, I can't do it. You know, um, and, and that I guess that is what has drawn you know producers to actually put you on TV. Yeah, well, it is. It's something. What? Well, yeah, it's a skill. It's also you know, years worth of looking at rooms and working in different spaces and experimenting and seeing what works and just following also what's happening in fashion and just looking um, through travels. I've collected a lot of ideas. I mean, my strengths come from everywhere. Mm -hmm. I can't say that I was born with them. It's something that I've acquired through admiring other designers, through admiring different artists through my travels, through my life experiences. Every year as a designer and as a human being, I become much more um, dynamic and, you know, my thoughts become clearer and my sense, my sensibility of mixing elements. Also, my personality now, you know, as I'm getting more mature and, you know, with um, working with so many different clients and so many different personalities and people from so many different cultures, 
Um, you know, you just get better as a human being. You get better, and you just have to always be open to new ideas and working with people who um, have different budgets and different mm-hmm. spaces. So I never shy away from a small project, and I also definitely don't shy away from a big project that could be very, very challenging because you always take something away from it, and ultimately it just makes you a much more better business person. And in my case, it makes me a better and stronger designer. Hmm. Let me ask you this. Now, I mean, right now you are where you are. It started somewhere. You know, how did you get involved in interior design? Yeah, this is, yeah, it's a very long story, but I actually went to the Fashion Institute of Technology. I was going to say that. I was going to, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah you, you, you're there on 28th and 7th. All right, FIT. Yeah, yeah I my know. alma mater. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a fabulous school. I recommend it to anyone who has any interest in fashion, interior design, and the arts. It was an incredible school. And for being a state school, the um, academic uh, structure is the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to compare it to like Parsons and Pratt, but, you know, for the money, uh, I mean, I got the best education that I can't even imagine. And people gloat about it, but. Uh, I said that the professors are very loving. I made some amazing friends. Um, but that was a long time ago. So, yeah, so I went to FIT, and um, I went because I thought I was going to be a fashion buyer. That, and, that, that's something <laughs> interesting. Most people go to FIT. I'm going to be a designer or a fashion. I'm going to be the, the next uh, Donna Karen. And they go with yeah. that thing in mind. But you exactly. know, but for you, yeah. you you, so, tw- you twisted it to make it work it to, to your advantage. Yeah, well, I, I thought I well, I wanted to be a fashion buyer um, because I um, am from a Latin background, and you know, being Latin, you should typically were you know all raised by our uh, abuelas. So I was raised mm-hmm. by my grandma, and my grandmother was a tailor and a seamstress, and she was a pattern maker. She worked in the fashion industry, so she was always my. Um, mentor and she was my role model and as a child I was sewing her buttons and ironing her fabric and cutting her patterns so naturally mm-hmm. I went to FIT thinking that I was going to go into buying because I just had a passion for fabrics and colors and putting things together and my grandmother is like this incredible fashionista mm-hmm. as a result I ended up you know inheriting <laughs> a lot of those traits so I went to FIT and then once I graduated I worked for the largest menswear company in fashion, Phillips Van Houten, and I was with them for uh, about three years, um, and I was in licensing and public relations. And I loved what I did, but at one point, I just realized it wasn't creative enough for me, and I'm very ambitious and very stubborn, and I just w- things weren't moving f- as fast as I wanted them to, and I kind of found myself in a crossroads where I was young, and I just, I, something didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. So I just decided to go back to FIT, take a few more classes, and just kind of see if there was something else I can shift into that was more fulfilling for me. And I just stumbled upon an interior design class just because it was the only class that happened to be open because I was registering so late. 
And I thought, okay, this could be fun. Let me just take it because, you know, I, I just need to do something just to at least be a little more creative. Mm-hmm. And I took this class, and I loved it, and I discovered that I was really good at putting together fabrics and putting a room together, and I loved the rendering aspect and the creative aspect, and I loved going shopping for fabrics, and I loved... Then I discovered um, furniture showrooms, and I love that aspect. And then I just even love the personalities of the um, people that were in interior design rather than in fashion because they are different personalities. Like mm-hmm. a person who works for a fashion company and a person who works for a furniture company, they're two completely different personalities. So I realized, and then I, I suddenly I found what I was looking for. So um, then I just, on a whim, being stubborn and being ambitious, I decided to quit my job in fashion, and I wanted to go to Europe for the summer. So my friend came along with me, and we toured um, Italy and France, and I came back to New York so inspired, and I just, you know, rounded up a few of my friends. I begged them to let me, you know, do some, you know, some space planning and some, you know, DIY in their spaces and take some photos. And I had a friend who at the time was a graphic artist, and I you know, had him do a business card for me and some brochures. Um, and then I got gutsy, and I took out an ad in the New York Times, and my phone started ringing. And before you know it, I had a little bit of a following, and I started getting referrals. And I started getting really good, and then I started you know, pitching my work to blogs, which at the time were very new, so I was one of the few interior designers that was being featured in blogs and all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you know there was a little buzz because then blogs started becoming popular and people were like oh who's this girl who's all over these blogs and it was probably just me and like five other designers where now it's like a million people want to get on a blog um so that's kind of that's my story well (laughs) well let me ask you this when you decided to hey i'm gonna quit my job and i'm gonna go to europe i i want to hear what your mother said to you when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my mother is uh, an adventurer, and I think I get a lot of my spunk from her. And as a child, my mother and I traveled all over the world because my mom was a single mom, and she had me very young, and she was a working professional. So, you know, luckily we um, we had the income to travel, and she, you know, is an adventurer, she's super spontaneous. So as a child... We traveled a lot, which is where my passion for travel comes from. So when I told her, uh, well, the quitting my job was not surprising to her because she knows that, you know, I just like, you know, I I just, I like the, I follow my heart. So Mm -hmm. that was not surprising to her. But when I told her I'm going to Europe for the summer, she was like, oh, my God, I'm so happy for you. And then she goes, que Dios de bendiga. She was like, may God protect you. (laughs) Because I was young. How old was I? I was about... 21 years old, I was this young girl going to Europe with my friend who was about the same age, uh, passport in my hand, didn't know, you know, where I was going, you know, we just knew we were going to fly into Charles de Gaulle Airport and then from there catch a train and and then, you know, we were just going to go on an adventure, but um, I was always very mature for my age, um, and she knew I had a good head on my shoulders, and she was like, well, there's my girl. She's just going to do her thing, and, you know, let's see what happens next. Well, your mom must so, have knew. She must have knew that you were unhappy with with things and, you know, with your career the way it was. Well, I wasn't really unhappy. I loved what I was doing, but I just felt like something was missing, and I just felt like I, I wasn't really... Um, 
using all of um, the creativity that I had mm-hmm. where I was at that point in my life. I knew that there, I, I could be doing more because I wasn't being as creative because I was in a licensing and public relations role. So I wasn't working with the fabrics. I wasn't, you know, you know, curating collections. I wasn't traveling as much as I wanted to. I mean, realistically, it was it was a cubicle job, and I don't have a cubicle personality, so it wasn't really fulfilling. But nevertheless, while I was there, I had. Uh, amazing opportunities. The uh, gentleman that I worked for was very, very supportive and taught me so much till this day that I look back and I'm like, oh yeah, I learned that from him. And um, being young to be molded um, by you know such a, a very smart man and working for one of the top uh, fashion companies in the world was a great experience. And I think actually that's where I got. Um, my passion and I got the drive and I, I realized, okay, I, I'm in this company, so I must, you know, I, I must have something. Mm-hmm. I must have, you know, skill and people see something in me. So I just, I guess I felt like, you know, the world was my oyster and I just went after it. So, um, so yeah, so, I mean, I wasn't miserable, but I have to say that I made the right move. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll use the word unfulfilled, and I wanted to correct myself because unhappy is different than unfulfilled. You can do something and enjoy what you do, but when you have something missing, because I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. There's just that one thing that's missing that's not, the pieces of the puzzle weren't coming together for you at that moment. Exactly. I, I got it. I, don't, I, I, don't want, I want Van Heusen, want the company to understand that this is what we're talking about, that you were unfulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was unfulfilled. No, 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 but then you you learned you learned a lot from from your mentor, and he, uh, you know, he he gave you a lot to work with, and for you to take on to your your next step. Exactly. Yeah, he he definitely set up a really nice platform for me with everything that I learned from him. Um, and yeah, it, it was a great foundation, and it was great to work for a big company because I developed, uh, you know. You know, strong self-esteem and I just and a lot of confidence. Um, and like I said, it was very mature for my age. So I guess that's kind of where you know I was. I you know felt that I was gonna be able to you know bounce back up after you know after leaving them. And sure enough, and luckily I did. But um, yeah, but I had a lot of drive and a lot of passion, which I still do. Um, and every year, you know, things get better. So it's definitely just following your passions, and when you get that you know, little message in your head of something telling is telling you something's not right. There's something else you should be doing. I really feel like you have to follow it because there is something on the other side of that. And that message definitely is not um, something to ignore. I think everybody at some point in their life has that. Some people call it a midlife crisis. Some people Mm -hmm. call it an awakening. Some people, I mean, there's so many names for it, but it's, you know, it's that intuition and, and you really do have to follow it because if you follow it and you have passion and, perseverance and you know ambition you know things do end up falling into place i call it in, i call it being inspired you know that's Inspi- yeah. you know, that, that, yeah. i mean when you get when you when you inspire yourself because you begin to get clarity with everything that you have around you and you say to yourself wait a second i can do this and then you go for it because a lot of people in my opinion you know you have a lot of dreamers and it's okay to dream but you have to put action in motion to start living your dreams, whatever they may be. And that's exactly what you did. And and I commend you on that because you just went, 
you went for it. <laughs> you just went for it. There was no stop and just bing. You just, you just went and you got it done. That's great. You know, so when you, when you came back from Europe, you just decided, I mean, were you thinking about this when you were in Europe, putting everything together? I was while I was in Europe. I think where I was most influenced is when I was in Rome. When I was in Rome, there are, you know, these, um, all these little spaghetti streets, and they all have these incredible antique stores, and then you find these, you know, beautiful Italian fabrics, and then you, you see all this incredible architecture, and then, you you know, between the culture and the food. It was just, I, I realized that I needed to do something that was super creative, where I was able to mix all of these, you know, beautiful elements that we live live within, you know, every day and, you know, put them together to create, you know, these lifestyles that are very enriching. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I realized, okay, I, I do, I need to do something with interiors because this is what I love. I love architecture. You know, I love mixing and, you know, putting things together with fabrics and with furnishings and art. And, you know, and then the accessories, as a child, I was always a bookworm. I had, a, you know, an obsession with books and magazines. So I always found myself, you know, flipping through fashion magazines or, you know, then home magazines and then travel magazines. And then when you really, you know, analyze it, it's all just, you know, it's lifestyle. And it's, I wanted to be in a position where I, you know, could work with people and, you know, diagnose their lifestyles and create these homes that are personalized and really capture their passions, their interests, their life experiences, and may, you know, enrich their lives through giving them these spaces that mm-hmm. inspire them the way they inspire me. Um, and really, I mean, I'm articulating it now because I can, because I'm much more mature and, and I understand the evolution that I went through. But at 21, I mean, that's not really not what I was thinking. At 21, I was thinking, okay, I quit my job, I'm broke, I need to figure out, you know, how I'm going to do this and I have nothing to lose. And so I'm just, you know, I plotted out. I was like, okay, I have, you know, all my friends in the city, they all have apartments. I made a list of everyone I was going to go through one by one and ask them if I can, you know, borrow their apartment for nine hours and, and play around, take some pictures and see, you know, what I could do and, you know, see if there was something there that would stink that people actually, you know, uh, appreciated my eye for you know, moving furniture and, you know, putting, you know, accessories together and even doing um, a little bit of organization. But, yeah, there was something there. that I had something in, in putting things together and layering in creating balance and harmony in a space. And then, you know, through the years I fine-tuned it and I created my own distinct style that is unique. My style is not like anybody else's. Mm-hmm. I don't follow trends. I do my own thing, and I, I really am inspired by uh, my clients, mm-hmm. and I'm inspired by my travels, and I'm inspired just by things that I see every day, by events, by um, you know art galleries, and by people I have interesting conversations with. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is. It's just you know it comes from everywhere. Yeah, but it's taken you years to cultivate you know your your style, your how you have. I mean the way you work. It wasn't overnight. It was a process. Yeah, it's definitely, it's an evolution process. It's a process of just, you know, training your eye with colors and developing, a, you know, a taste level as well through, you know, through your life experiences. And then, you know, just absorbing what's going on. 
um, with trends and what's going on in movies and what's going on with travel trends and, you know, color trends and materials. Um, but yeah, you know, you figure out what, you know, th- the things that you love and you figure out, um, what, you know, drives people and what motivates people and what makes people happy. Mm-hmm. And then, you, you know, you kind of, you know, you create these, um, you know, spaces through, you know, just analyzing people's lives and figuring out what it is that moves them and that makes them happy, yeah. what pleases them. I, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of people have a misconception that, you know, when you when you think interior design, you know, they let's say someone buy, they have an apartment, they buy a house, and somebody says, well, you should think about getting an interior designer. They're like, oh, my God, that's going to be millions of dollars. You know, <laughs> some people have that misconception. They freak out because they, they don't know what it entails. You know, granted, there are people out there that charge a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money for very little. Okay? You know, what, what you do... You know, let's, uh, and it's not even the services. I'm talking about the furniture and the this and the that. You know, it costs a lot of money. And people, you know, some people get panicky if they're on a budget. You know, with you, you're able to work within a, their reasonable budget. Yep. But, yeah, that's what, uh, that, yeah, that's my philosophy. It's affordable luxury. So uh, we, like I said, it, it, it's a process in meeting with the clients and determining what their needs are and what their goals are. And then once you know what their needs and their goals are. It's putting together a um, uh, a strategy to help mm-hmm. them achieve their goals based on whether it's a space that has, um, you know, spatial issues or storage issues or if it's a space that's dark and they want it to feel like light, bright, and airy and inspiring or, you know, any challenges that they have in the space, figuring out what's working for them, what's not working for them. And then, um, coming up with a budget that is, you know, works for them, that's reasonable for them, and that they feel comfortable with, and then working with that on, you know, mixing pieces with what they value and in investing on. So some clients value and in investing on, you know, well-made upholstery, maybe because they have kids or they, mm-hmm. you know, want to invest in a piece that, you know, they're going to have for five to ten years rather than, you know, replacing a chair and, you know, two years because it gets lumpy or the cushions start to get flat. So it's just determining where they, you know, value putting their money because ultimately um, my service is, it's a luxury service and it's an investment, but you also want to be able to do it at, you know, a sensible price where, mm-hmm. you know, it's accessible because it's, it, you know, interior design should be accessible. Everyone should be proud of where they live. They should live in a space that inspires them. They should feel proud of just working, you know, long days or, you know, the stresses that we have in living in the city and coming home to a place that's a sanctuary. And I want to be able to, you know, change people's lives in through my art firm, which is interior design. So, yeah, so, you know, we do, I do it in a way that is, you know, accessible, it's affordable, and just, you know, determining where they want to put their money, the things that they value. You know, some clients, you know, like to switch up their look every six months or with the seasons, and so we put the money on, you know, the basics and the classic elements, and then not, you know, we, you know, are very 
savvy with our shopping with, you know, bringing in the color through accessories so that seasonally they can change it out or every six months or whenever they like and mm-hmm. also rotating things throughout the rooms and repurposing things that they already have, like maybe, you know, a desk that they inherited that's been living in their bedroom. Let's pull it into the living room now and use it as a console. Let's, like, let's use it as a bar or as an entry table and just being clever and just sensible also to the things that they love and not, you know, just because they've had something for a long time, not, you know, saying, oh, okay, this is old, let's just, you know, start fresh. But it's, you know, it's acknowledging things that are special to them and incorporating those into, you know, the new design and the new schemes as well. So that's kind of how we're able to create these spaces that are affordable, but still um, look very high end. And it's, you know, that special mix mm-hmm. and that sensibility of, um, you know, of, of mixing high and low pieces. And I'm sure, and again, I, I don't think I'm wrong, but if I am, correct me, but I have a feeling that the the refurbishing of, uh, you know, furniture that someone's had for a while, uh, that type of concept, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that your grandmother had an influence on that. <laughs> for oh, sure. Okay, because I know for that sure. because my mother does the same thing. She does the same thing, and I know. So, yeah. with you know, taking furniture and just refurbishing what she has, but then you come back and it's like, oh, did you buy a new chair? Oh, no, I just redid the cushions and did all this stuff. Okay, looks nice. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. I actually went to visit my grandma not too long ago, and she has had this mirror that she bought in her travels. To Europe, I believe it's from Spain, and it's this enormous gilded mirror. It looks very Baroque in style. And I remember as a child, it used to hang above our uh, sofa. And throughout the years, I've seen that mirror go from my mother's apartment above her sofa. I've seen it go back to my grandmother's house, go above her china cabinet. And up until recently, when I went to visit her, I saw that she had put it above her bureau, uh, her dresser in her bedroom. And and I'm looking at it and I'm laughing. And, I, and then I realized, I'm like, this is exactly where I get it from. I get mm-hmm. it from her. Probably as a child, I must have seen her move around. Probably her, you know, sewing machine. She must have moved it from her bedroom into the dining area because maybe that's where she needed to, you know, keep an eye on all of the kids. And then she probably moved it into the living room because maybe it was the summer and she loved the breeze at that, you know, that season. Hmm. And subconsciously, I must have picked it all up. Uh, I think you did. (laughs) You know, this is what I do. Yeah. Yeah, and then talking to you now about it, I'm like, yeah, I know this has come from your grandmother because, as I told you, you know, I I see it myself. saw it myself in my own life is like aha i know (laughs) now now going now talking about your grandmother which she sounds like an amazing person let's talk about the name of your company yeah so my company is interiors by francesca um and francesca is my grandmother and like i said she is my role model she's the love of my life she's my mentor i get so much from her besides my personality and besides my, you know, my gift, you know, if, if I can call it that. But yeah, it just, I got so much from her, you know, being Latin, she had a major influence in my life. And, you know, she raised me, you know, while I was a child until, you know, I was about 13. And then I couldn't be raised anymore. (laughs) But my mom, like I said, she was a working professional. So yeah, she was, you know, while she was off to work, you know, like many, um, you know, Latin families, the grandma is the one who, you know, holds the fort down and watches the grandkids. And so that's, 
you know, how I was raised. So, yeah, so I named my company after my grandmother. Uh, I was named after my grandmother, but mm. my mother chose the more, you know, American version, which is Francis. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, I had to give props to my grandma, and I had to, you know, always remind myself that I am where I am because I, you know, as a child, I was under her skirt, you know, watching her sew and seeing her her, her struggle as many you know, uh, immigrants did at that time, and um, she always, you know, had a smile on her face and was very loving and giving, and uh, and yeah, and she was an incredible uh, role model for me. Oh, so I, you know, I needed to acknowledge that, and you know, and she's very proud of me now, and I feel like, um, you know, a lot of my inspiration comes from her. I mean, she is my inspiration, so it, don't, it was only natural that I named my company after her. Yeah, and then she sees you on TV. She says. You know, you could have did that a little better. You could have did, you could have changed that a little bit. That would that would look nicer. <laughs> <laughs> but she definitely always uh, comments on my outfits because, like I said, she's a big fashionista. I mean, you know, she really has a, an incredible fashion sense, and uh, and I think I get a lot of my swagger from her. So sure enough, she always comments on my outfit and she's always like hey Mihita she's like you look so beautiful on TV she's like I love that shirt you were wearing yeah and she taught you don't leave the house without makeup you always have to look good you always have to look good I know that's right that's right All right. on that note we're gonna you know I'm actually I'm gonna send you send your grandmother a big hug on the show so just if she's listening pretend that I'm hugging you because I think you're amazing what we're gonna do we're gonna take a quick break and we're going to be back with you, Francis, and we're going to talk about how you got involved in your TV projects because that's, that's going to be the second segment. We're going to get into that, and we're going to be right back uh, on the UCW radio show with Francis Herrera, uh, Interiors by Francesca. <laughs> Scraps you through my way 
Tonight, we continue a tradition here at the White House by honoring some extraordinary people who've no business being on the same stage together. <laughs> We've got Buddy Guy sitting next to Dustin Hoffman. We've got Dave Letterman alongside one of the greatest ballerinas of all time. I don't think Dave dances. All three living members of Led Zeppelin in one place. So this is a remarkable evening, and it speaks to something that has always made this country great. The idea that here in America, more than any other place on earth, we are free to follow our own passions, explore our own gifts, wherever they may lead us, and people from all around the world come here uh, to make sure that uh, they, too, can uh, provide us the incredible gifts uh, that they have. Tonight's honorees uh, didn't just take up their crafts to make a living. They did it because they couldn't imagine living any other way. And that passion took each of them from humble beginnings to the pinnacle of their profession. And tonight, in the People's House, we have a chance to say thank you. Welcome back to the UCW Radio Show, and we're here, still here, with uh, Francis Herrera. Interior is by Francesca, and uh, uh, a TV uh, celebrity. Um, I guess that's what I'm going to call you. I'm going to call you a TV celebrity. That sounds good. I like that. I like that. I like that. And the reason I'm saying that because we're going to talk about your TV stuff. Well, you actually are because you're, you're all over the place, and you have been you know, for some time, and you're, you're definitely recognized out there uh, by people, you know, because you, you, I mean, let, let's start here. How did you get involved in, in, uh, in television, you know, from interior design to television? Yeah, it was really um, not my intention. At the time, I was working with a publicist, Danita King of PR Noir. She's super talented, amazing. So we were working on my, you know, uh, publicity strategy on how, you know, we were going to plug me into magazines and publications uh, and blogs to just spread the word on what I was doing with my one-day makeovers and my affordable luxury design philosophy. And she, I guess, you know, through working with NBC with her other clients, came upon this, you know, opportunity with Open House on NBC uh, with their takeover segment, which is their one-day makeover at the end of their show. Um, and at the time, I was you know, doing my affordable luxury thing and doing my one-day makeovers um, with, like I mentioned before, with you know taking a space and re- reinventing it with just the use of accessories and moving things around and repurposing things that you already have. So she thought it was a perfect fit. So she pitched them without telling me. All of a sudden, they were like, yeah, we'd love to have her on. They saw my portfolio. They liked my design sensibility. Um, then, coincidentally, we had done a video. But the purpose of my video was to put it on my website so that people saw my one-day makeover process. So we had this short uh, four-minute um, uh, little segment that we had created, and she sent that over to NBC, and they got a sense of my personality and my process and how I do things where I'm like, you know, super fast and efficient and, you know, how I, you know, make things, you know, interesting by just, you know, moving things around and bringing in color with accessories and art and pillows. 
And I think they they said they saw something, and and then they asked her, you know, when I was going to be able to, you know, do something. And and it's always at one of my clients' homes, so it's not staged, um, it's not, you know, set up. There's no scripts. So luckily, within a few weeks, I was going to do a one day makeover at my client's home, and it happened to be the perfect one day makeover because it was a big open concept space. And it was a space that was multi-purpose mm-hmm. because this family had two little children. And, of course, children take over. That's just what they do. So, mm-hmm. this, you know, the house was taken over by the kids. And the, my clients wanted a very sophisticated space where they can entertain. And, you know, when the kids go to sleep, they can actually enjoy it amongst themselves and have a glass of wine and relax without, you know, staring at a million toys everywhere. So they called on me and we said, great, let's just do this as a one-day makeover. And luckily, the you know open house um, TV opportunity came about, so we we booked it. So we booked to film um, my first uh, one day makeover at my client's home, and we did it within about six hours. We're in the living room. We added color and luxurious elements with window treatments and a new ottoman that also served as storage, so that at night when the kids went to sleep, the parents can you know gather up all the toys, stick them in the ottoman, close it, put a tray on it, and have a glass of wine. <laughs> then we created a separate playroom with an organization system that was actually kid-friendly that, you know, motivated the kids to stay organized and put everything in place. And then in the dining room, we did the same. We made it much more inviting and welcoming by adding a new light fixture, some artwork, you know, teaching people how to create a beautiful table with what you already have and just some clever, you know, tips on accessorizing it to make it feel luxurious without, you know, going out and spending, you know, a ton of money on, you know, fine china and crystalware. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a great makeover because I got to do, like, all of these, you know, my tips, which are, like, super easy. They come easy to me, obviously, not to other people. Right. But I got to teach people things and in three distinct spaces. So it was a great makeover because people got to see three spaces transformed in four minutes. <laughs> So I think, you know, NBC took a liking to me. They were like, wow, this girl is amazing. Like, how did she do that? Usually, you know, the other designers that are on the show doing the day cover segment usually do one room. And me, of course, I, you know, I'm super ambitious. You know, I always have to even challenge myself. And I did three spaces in, in, in six hours, which on TV, in the TV world, it equates to four minutes. Right. So after that, um, they, you know, they loved me. The camera guys were great. They liked that I was young and I was very hands-on. I didn't come with this, you know, diva attitude. You know, I was very laid back and chill. And we would laugh at, you know, our little, because obviously there's bloopers in between. We had a few bloopers. They would get a big chuckle out of it. And they're like, okay, back to work. Um, so it was a lot of fun. And then I discovered that I actually loved being filmed. And I realized that my personality was great for camera. And I, re- and then I started developing this fan base. People after the show were emailing me and I got calls and not even calls for business, but just people calling saying, Hey, I loved what you did on that show. And that's it. That's all I wanted to say. And I got the same emails, and I'm like, wow, this is really awesome. I kind of, like, I, you know, was a little star, you know, starstruck. I was like, wow, people actually like me. They, you know, they like my tips, they like my sensibility, they love my camera personality. Um, so I'm like, all right, let's do another one. Um, so then bef- before you know it, you know, a year later, I, I've already done about five of them. Then George to the rescue called me because the camera guys ha- were, you know, telling them how great I was. 
how hands-on I am, how I do things on a budget, because obviously when you're doing, you know, a show, a show like George the Rescue, it's mm-hmm. super budget-conscious because you're trying to help these families sure. who have either gone through some, something something traumatic or they really just, you know, hit, you know, a stumbling block and they need some help or, you know, it, 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 the purpose is to go in there and help them with their lives and it's all uh, obviously funded by NBC so mm-hmm. you know, you're on a very tight budget and they call me because they're like yeah call that affordable luxury girl <laughs> she can do it <laughs> and she's there on camera and she's super fun to work with so they called me and I was you know so honored and I said absolutely count me in let's do it and it happened to be in this beautiful historic brownstone in Brooklyn, which I love Brooklyn. Like I said, I love architecture. I mm-hmm. love brownstones. So I got really lucky. It was almost, it fell on my lap and I felt really honored to be giving back and working on a show that, you know, talks about helping a family in need. And it happened to be in this beautiful brownstone with these beautiful women that we were helping. And George, who the the, the you know George of George of the Rescue, who George, was an amazing George person. George is a great guy. George, oh my god, he's so amazing. Yeah. And so I we did we did the show, uh, and it was great because um, you know it was a very elegant space, and it was like okay, with you know a shoestring budget, how are we gonna make this grand uh, parlor you know look? you know, the way it should look. And, you know, I did my thing and we pulled it together and it looked amazing. And then lo and behold, they're like, oh yeah, and by the way, it's the season premiere. Huh. <laughs> so I was like, what? Nope, no pressure. Like, how does this happen? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, how does this happen? How do I get to do this incredible brownstone with NBC uh, helping these incredible women who, you know, I, were like the honorary grandmas of their community and they were just sweet as pie, incredible women, so inspiring, and it happened to be the season premiere. And, you know, it's, you know, my whole vision, because people don't know that when when they pulled me for the show, it's me, it's my vision. They give me no assistance. Like I said, it's not scripted. You're on a shoestring budget. So it was, you know, it was me doing my thing so it was very challenging but at the same time so rewarding so it was an incredible project so that was you know then then it was george and then it was after that on the white carpet which just aired in october which is on lx tv which is part of nbc's uh, umbrella of shows and that was in a, a penthouse at 75 wall street beyond us uh building excuse so me um, excuse me <laughs> I yeah yeah, yeah. So, sorry. I mean it just it really makes me realize how um, diverse I can be, which ultimately allows me to communicate that to my clients. And I yes, I can do the penthouse, you know, in downtown Manhattan. I can also do the brownstone in Brooklyn that you know has been begging for some TLC for you know a really long time on a shoestring budget, and then I can also do those you know super challenging spaces with children with you know parents who have these children who the you know the kids you know I need a play space and they love their kids and so they let their kids you know take over the space and then but still at the end of the day you know, it can also be their sanctuary and it can also be a sophisticated space where they can entertain you know when the kids you know have gone to bed. So 
it just it makes it more diverse, and then it, it it allows me to showcase my sensibility and my diversity, and how sensible I am, and how I can switch gears mm-hmm. quickly. Um, and people get to see me doing my thing on TV. Right. So it's pretty amazing. It's been great. So now we're working on some new stuff. You know, I'm trying to now develop it even further. And maybe hopefully, you know, either have my own show or become a spokesperson or just, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. But um, I've been very blessed with all these opportunities that um, have been, you know, offered to me. And luckily, you know, I never turned down an opportunity. I always figured out, you know, how I can make it work. And fortunately, um, in doing that, uh, you know, things have gone great, and now, you know, I am where I am. So, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that is important is that, you you know, whenever opportunity knocks, make sure you open that door and just do the best that you can and just really put your best foot forward and create that wow because that impression that you leave on people, I mean, just working with open house from that first day till where I am now, um, always, you know, being that hands-on girl, you know, coming in with a smile on my face, not having the diva attitude, mm-hmm. you know, working with, you know, shoestring budgets is, you know, just, you have to, you know, be a human being and just try to you know, push it to the limit, you know, be as good as you can be, um, outdo yourself every single time, give people more than what they expect, and you'd be surprised, you know, how successful you can be by just you know, doing that, and also without any expectations either. And and for you, you know, I I know that your your grandmother, you know, pretty much raised you until you were about 13, you said, you know, but that drive, that you you have a hustler mentality that you have to keep hustling to make things happen. And I know growing up, you probably saw your mother working and doing what she had to do, hustling around to make things, to bring, bring, bring home the bacon, so to speak. Okay, so that kind of like, I, I again, my view is that that I, it looks seems to me that that had a big influence on you as well, you know, along with your grandmother's influence. Yeah, definitely, and also, yeah, definitely, my upbringing, definitely being raised by a single mom, um, and being raised by my grandmother, and just you know, with my my mom always said, you know, you have to work hard to have nice things in life, mm-hmm. and my mother has, you know, a very cachet um, sensibility in in the way she likes to do things. So like I said, she loves to travel. She always loved fine dining. She, you know, at the time in the 70s, you can kind of call her a disco queen because she was a single mom. So mm-hmm. on the weekend, she would go dancing with her friends and she always had a brand new dress on with brand new shoes. And, she, you know, <laughs> she was always at, you know, the cosmetic counter getting, you know, the brand new shade of lipstick. But I would pick that up from her too. And I always wanted to live a really nice life I didn't want to sacrifice. I wanted to continue traveling and continue exploring and going on my adventures. Um, So I knew that I needed to work hard in order to live the lifestyle that I wanted and not have to depend on anyone Mm -hmm. watching my mom raise me on her own, not having to depend on anyone and also, you know, being, having that spice and that fire Mm -hmm. and that drive. So um, so yeah, I knew I needed to work hard and then also then, uh, you know, being an entrepreneur at such a young age, knowing that, you know, I, you know, I had to pay rent and I wanted to travel and I wanted to live, I wanted to find things in life. So that also was, you know, big motivation for me. Um, and also just being well-rounded and also, 
you know, always trying to, you know, educate myself and like through reading in magazines and being very observant and living in New York was an education in itself, having all these incredible museums, you know, at arm's reach, having all this culture around you, all of the, you know, neighborhoods we have that are, you know, filled with, you know, things from all around the world and all the amazing restaurants we have and also having a fashion background and being, you know, around all of these, you know, luxurious products and this luxury lifestyle. That was all, you know, big um, factor in molding me mm-hmm. into the, you know, person and person and business person who I am today. So, yeah, it's, it's all an evolution. It's all, I think everything had a big part in where I am today. So I can't really attribute it to one specific thing. Right. But um, I guess it's just being really open-minded right. and taking, you know, taking every opportunity that is given to you and just running with it. Mm-hmm. But I also think that if you, if you do, and you do love what you're doing, so if you're doing that, you know, I, I think I want to take the word work out of the equation because you're doing something you love. So you're actually you know, living a more fulfilled life by doing that because it doesn't seem like work when you're actually going to work, but it's not actually work. Right. If that makes any sense to anyone, you know, but if you do something you love to do, it's like, you know, it's a part of your life. You're going in there, you're doing what you love to do that makes you happy. You're, you're, you're doing well with it, but in life, you know, if you're able to do something you love to do and earn a living, then that's the best place you could be. I, yeah, I, I agree. And, I, you know, everyone is good at something. And there are so many opportunities. I think you just have to figure it out, figure out what it is that you're good at, figure out what it is that you love to do, and then just, um, you know, find a way to market whatever it is that you love to do. And, you know, between networking and, and uh, giving back to communities, like I did with George, that opened up doors for me. Um and like I said, you know, doing my friends' places for free and taking pictures of them and, you know, have, using them as referrals, you know, it's just, it's, you have to kind of always, it, it's kind of cliche, but you have to think outside the box and figure out what it is that um, you love to do. And really, you can make a career out of anything you're passionate about. If you have that much passion about it and you have something that, um, and, and then you put your marketing cap on because marketing is a, a big, big uh, factor of being successful is you have to, and if you're not good at marketing, having a good marketing team, like I hired Danita King, and that was one of the best things I ever did in my life, is knowing, okay, I am not a publicist. I don't know how to, um, you know, create publicity for myself. So I, I found someone who was an excellent publicist, and I brought her on, and we became a team, and, and, and it worked out because I used her skills which were something which was my weakness, and together, you know, we opened up so many doors. So you know, you just you have work out what you what you're good at, and then get a good marketing team behind you with the support structure, um, and you know, and then just make it happen. You know, if you work hard, you know, things ultimately will fall into place. Uh, Lee, you, you, so, but you, yeah, I think everybody should do what they love. Yeah, but you you are aware of your weaknesses, so you compensated by bringing someone someone in that actually knows what they're doing in that area as opposed to you trying to do it yourself. Yeah, I, I think that that's um, something that a lot of people have to become more uh, 
conscious of is we can't do it all. And you have to, at some point, you know, realize what your strengths and your weaknesses are. Um, and everyone has weaknesses, you know, whether you like to admit it or not. But figure out what those weaknesses are and, and whether you can develop them. And if you can't develop them on your own, because every, you know, there are certain things you don't know and you can't learn without, you know, having, you know, going to college for a few years or without, you know, paying to have that knowledge. So mm-hmm. you have to figure out what your weaknesses are that are holding you back from achieving whatever your goal is mm-hmm. and then find, you know, find a way to um, to correct it, whether it's, you know, hiring a publicist or a marketing company or an advertising company or even if you're have your own business but you you know are not good with your finances get yourself a great accountant like i learned that recently (laughs) i learned recently that if i want my business to grow i need someone who to watch you know all the money we're spending on advertising and marketing and and on you know travel and what you know i on my staff and my team and analyze it all and tell me you know what i need to do in order to you know for my company to continue being profitable so it's you know everybody has a weakness just just don't get anyone in congress because it's not going to (laughs) work then then we're all everybody's going to go over the fiscal cliff that'll be it (laughs) yeah 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 exactly that's important stuff though that's definitely important stuff to because you need to if you know you need this, need that. Definitely got to put it together, and that—that's what you've been doing. I think that's that's beautiful because all all that's going to happen is you're going to continue to grow, you know. And I had an inspira- um Well, he's an inspirational guy, but he's a um, a high profile um, uh, speaker, uh, keynote speaker. I had him on the show, and one thing we had a discussion about it, you know, like. Years ago, Oprah came out, you know, she promoted this book, Secret This, Secret That, and people were, like, obsessed with these vision boards and everything. You know, what people don't understand, and this is why I love your story, you can't look at something and and, and hope and pray is going to happen. You have to put action behind it, and that's what you have done. Everything you've, you've done, there's action behind your vision of what you want to do, but you, you action you know, comes first, and then uh, you you push to get the things done. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm the kind of person where, because my mother's a teacher, uh, and in life, I mean, you learn so much, and you don't realize where you're picking up, and then at one point, you're just like, uh, you have your aha moment. (laughs) My mother's a teacher, and being a teacher, she is super, super organized, and my mother loves making lists. She will make a list for every single thing you can imagine. <laughs> oh. So out, she had lists all over the house, whether it was her packing list for a trip or whether her shopping list or her to-do list or, you know, the list of how many, you know, uh, of her students' parents she was going to call that mm. night. Oh, yeah, so I, naturally, I am also a list maker. Oh. So my point of this is that I'm, you know, constantly every year, I, every month, every year, every week, every day, I make lists. And the most important thing is for you to list what it is you want out of life. And mm-hmm. by that, I mean you list your goals, right. whether they be weekly, monthly, yearly. So that's what I do. I list my goals, and then right next to my goal, I write down how can I make this happen. And if I can't make it happen, who can help me make this happen? And that's 
how you determine and you identify your weaknesses, and that's how you identify who can you have as your part of your support structure to help you do it, whether it's a friend who's good at finance or a friend who knows someone who, you know, you know it works for a, a blog or whatever the case may be, or someone who, you know, can, you know, open up the door just a little bit for you and then you, you can break through it on your own. So I think it's critical for you to always be conscious of your goals, always work on it, and never, you know, dismiss something because you can't do it on your own or you don't have the knowledge or you don't have the will or even you don't have the money. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you are passionate and you are able to convey that passion to someone who is willing to listen, um, you can make it happen. You just, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help and always, you know, do the right thing and be helpful to someone and that will come back to you. Maybe not directly from that person, but, I'll, you know, it's just, it's karma. You know, you put out good energy and that good energy comes back to you. So. I think that also is, you know, one of my, you know, major mantras in life. Yeah, well, I mean, and it has definitely helped me. Well, you're definitely a pay-it-forward type of person, that I do know. And the listing is, is, is good because, you know, it makes you accountable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's a big exactly. thing, you know, because if you're, you know, accountability, and, you know, and I, I made a joke about Congress, but even in, in Washington, if, if there's accountability, accountability for things, then you know what? Someone has to pay the price for X, Y, Z. So if you're writing these lists down, you write it down. You just you just may be looking at it yourself, but you look at that list, and if you don't uh, have action to go achieve those goals, you're going to look at that list later on, and you're going to say, "Wow, I didn't do that. I'm, I'm such a loser. I didn't do it. I couldn't do it. I sh- I, c- I should have did it, but I didn't do it." And you start, you know, kind of beating yourself up. So you make yourself accountable, and I think that's a good way to. Uh, achieve those goals i like it yeah 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 there you go <laughs> I like it. and I, I, I know i guarantee you that earlier in the show when you were talking about your mother writing the list i know she was like looking at she's going to be looking at you rolling her eyes or thinking about it <laughs> so, uh, she's, she's, she's going to be like mm-hmm mm-hmm i know <laughs> <laughs> oh, it all comes from somewhere. Yeah, we all have a method to our madness, and that method all—it yeah. comes from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. but it, yeah. it all works. It all works, and for you, it definitely has worked because you—you you run a successful business. You are a success, and the the great thing about you is that you know there are greater things above what you're doing in store for you, and you're not done. You—you're not even close to being done. And you have a no, lot, yeah. And you have a yeah. lot to do, and and you just uh, and you just uh, opened up uh, your your business in South Florida as well, right? Yeah, we just uh, we, my husband and I have been talking about moving to South Florida for years, um, and you know, unfortunately, the recession hit and it hit New York, and it happened to hit Florida, you know, threefold. So right when we were ready to make the move about four years ago. Um, you know, things got really bad down here, so we held off, and so we decided to stay near. And ironically, my business all of a sudden started to skyrocket, and I think it was because I switched gears and I, you know, focused on how to make my services more approachable, and I, you know, lowered my rates, and I came up with a different, you know, fee structure. Um, so I continued doing my business in New York. My portfolio kept getting better, uh, better. And then uh, four years later, my husband got a call. Um, for with this great job opportunity here in Florida, and we came down for 
three days for him to go on his interview and, you know, see the location and meet, you know, his, you know, colleagues, should he take the job. And he fell in love. So we fell in love with um, downtown Fort Lauderdale, which is where we're living now. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, again, you know, our, well, I'm very spontaneous. He, you know, is very, you know, cautious by the book kind of guy. He's in finance, so he's, I call him my nerd. (laughs) He's the one who crosses all his T's and dots his eyes. I do too, but I'm really more, you know, go with the wind kind of girl. But, um, yeah, I guess, you know, throughout the years, and I think he also, you know, knew that I always, you know, wanted to, you know, like I said, live under a palm tree. And so he got this incredible opportunity and, Literally within two weeks, uh, the moving truck was packed, and we were driving our car to South Florida. So we've been here now since September, okay. uh, and I still it's it's still very very fresh and very new. So I still have my business in New York and my team in New York, and now I am developing and cultivating my business now here in South Florida, mm-hmm. which is wonderful in many ways. One because I am. Of a Latin background, so I grew up, you know, with in, you know, spending my summers in Puerto Rico with my other grandmother, and like I said, I grew up traveling with my mom, and we would, you know, always travel to um, islands and coastal towns, and so uh, Florida always felt like a second home to me because even as a child, we would come to Florida a lot because I had an aunt who lived here, and Florida, um, just you know, is very tropical, and it reminds me of Puerto Rico, and there are a lot of Latin. Uh, and Hispanics here, so um, I, you know, I feel alive when I come to Florida. So for that reason, I, I always wanted to be here. I, I love the warm climates. I, I love having my feet in the sand. So when the opportunity knocked, my husband knew that it was going to make me happy. So we just we jumped at the chance and we just took a leap of faith and we moved down. So um, so now I'm developing my business down here. And what I my goals for Florida are to you know continue you know working on establishing my business and um, and my brand, which is Affordable Luxury and my company. But in addition to that, I'm looking to, you know, develop um, a niche for the Latino community because there really isn't a, you know, Latin celebrity interior designer. So there's such a great opportunity in the market. Um, and now I'm here, and now I'm like, okay, wait a second. <laughs> I mean, this is my time. Yeah. So this is what we're working on now. So there are a lot of things in the pipeline. Um, here I have an amazing uh, advertising company that I'm working with, Bring Switch Advertising. And we have some great things um, on my goal list that we're working on. And, uh, yeah, 2013 is, you know, a year that there are going to be many, many exciting things. So I'm really looking forward to it. Right. I think this is the best move we ever made. And I uh, I definitely feel on top of my game, and I'm feeling very inspired. Yeah, about ins- ins- I like inspired. I like it. And your husband seems like a nice guy, you know, to... Uh to think about you and say, okay, this is going to make you happy. But, hey, you know what? He needs to understand, too, the happier you are, the more successful you're going to be, the earlier he can retire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, and, and also, funny, and it's funny how, how, life, um, how life, you know, occurs, but a week before um, we moved to South, South Florida, I found out that I was pregnant. So ah. now we are expecting our first child, and we're going to have a Floridian baby. And uh, I found out last week I'm having a girl. That's a congr- so I'm I, I, congrat- congratulations. I know, because uh, I saw the uh, the sonogram. 
And yeah, I that's was like, my baby that, girl. That, that is that is very cool. Congrat! I I want to congratulate congratulate you on air. So congratulations! Yay! Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. So so not only am I here, I'm establishing my business, which is my first baby, mm-hmm. and now I'm having my second baby, which is my baby girl, just in time because we're about to get busy, and so now I have a new team member. <laughs> All right. And now I have my, my new right hand man, and I and and, and she's probably going to be raised the same way I was raised mm-hmm. under my grandmother's skirt, probably helping me organize fabric so it's a very sweet thing and i'm exactly where i want to be um which is in warm weather being inspired by you know all new and beautiful things to take in um and in new york you know we still have our clients and business is still growing in new york so it's the next chapter of my business and my life so i mean it's it's been an amazing ride yeah florida and and new york just a different uh, outlook on uh, in, you know the interiors of, of houses for sure, or, or apartments, or whatever the case may be, just a different thing. So, but I, I think that you're going to be very successful wherever you go. If you went to Alaska, you'd be successful. There's, there's no, <laughs> no, right. no doubt. And you know the thing is with your kids, the great thing about you having your kids is that the child labor laws don't come into effect. Yay, saving money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know your kids, and they're not on payroll. I don't think it's part of labor, is it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I'm taking care of you. You better get to work. Sew a button they're, on that thing. There you go. Yeah, they're just working for food. They're not really working for money. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, the, like the guy in the street with the sign, I'll work for food. Yay. <laughs> but, no, but that, no, but that's good stuff. You know, family is important, and, I'm, and, and I hear it in your voice how happy you are. And that is definitely a game changer when you're building a business because the happier you are, the more it's going to grow and the more you're going to be able to relay that to people. Because if you can relay it to people, then it grows. And you know the thing is, I mean, if anyone from HGTV or DIY or even NBC, if you're listening to this, you know, Francis is someone that you definitely want to have a show because you're personable. You, I mean, you, you attract people, and people adhere to you on television, so why not do something greater? I mean, there are a lot of interior designers that have their own show. Why not you? And you have that Latina, that Latina spin on it, so definitely why not you? Exactly. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's room for everyone, and, it, you know, I happen to have something that is very unique with my affordable luxury concept and my sensibility and, you know, my experiences in life. I think, you know, that all, um, you know, shines through on camera and shines through, you know, on my day-to-day when I interact with people and uh, all of the challenges that I welcome. So, um, yeah, I think it all shows through, and I think people, mm-hmm. you know, feel inspired by that alone. So it opens up a lot of doors, but I've been, you know, very, very lucky um, with having a solid, support system with my family and my husband and and just you know always being very ambitious and a go-getter and mm-hmm. being optimistic as well and always you know finding ways and you know to make it happen so yeah so we're uh, we're working on a lot of new exciting things so um the most exciting announcement now is i am going to have uh be featured this sunday in the miami herald they wrote a piece on my holiday decorating tips nice so that's very exciting to anyone who um is listening who you know happens to be a fan of the miami herald <laughs> check me out this sunday in the house and garden section 
And then, uh, yeah, we're, we're working on some more stuff for 2013, like I said. So it's all yeah, well, you, very, you, very exciting. Well, I think you're going to have a, a bang-up year, and that's going to be the catalyst for a lot greater things. Because, again, as I said earlier, and I'm not trying to pump this up too much. It's just how, how I see things. You know, I look at the person, I look at what they did, what they've done, and I kind of look at how their journey to date, and that's what we talked about your journey to date and where you're going, and where you're gonna go. I mean, it's gonna set the standard uh, for your kids because they're gonna see it and they're gonna be inspired. And the great thing about you is that I know that you go and you pay it forward because you're always looking to help someone, and that's a big thing. That's a big plus. I, I give you kudos on that. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I think you always have to um, be, you know, supportive of other people because naturally those people will at that point be very supportive of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, always look for ways to help your community. And there are so many ways that you can help people. And even I love being mentors to the people on my team. I have, you know, some younger designers who look up to me and, you know, trying to help them and with their careers and, you know, Always with a very sincere approach, but it always, you know, it's all also very rewarding and just, you know, it helps you evolve as a person. Um, and I'm still very young in my career, and I acknowledge that. I don't think I'm anywhere near where um, potentially I could be. But you know, always, you know, figuring out ways to make yourself better from a social standpoint, from a motivational standpoint, and just. You know, trying to be the best that you can be, and if you can help some people along the way, um, there's nothing more rewarding than that. I think that's just more rewarding than anything monetarily you can, you know, achieve. It's just it's so good for the soul, and ultimately that, you know, pureness and that, you know, genuine, you know, people see you, with, you know, with you're, you know, expressing genuinely, you know, what um, your passion is and, you know, your... Uh, sense of caring, you know, all comes through. So I think it's always really good to just, you know, be, be as genuine as you can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, those are great words, and that that's a great way for us to actually end the show. You know, you and I can talk for hours. I know it, you know, but we, we don't have hours on the show. Um, I mean, you're, you're an amazing person, Francis, and what I want you to do, if you can do this for me, let our listeners know how they can find out about you, follow you, get to know you better, because, again, 2013, no doubt in my mind, is going to be a banner year for you. So, uh, you know, give your websites, your Twitter, Facebook, or whatever else you got. Yeah, you can check out all of my work, my videos, my design portfolio, learn more about me on my website, which is interiorsbyfrancesca.net. You can follow me on Twitter on my design adventures and follow more about my tidbits on my life and my day-to-day activities and the fun things I'm working on Twitter at follow Francesca. Um, you can follow us on Facebook also through our Facebook page at um, Interiors by Francesca. And then now that I'm in Florida, we have our Florida-based uh, company, and because nobody knows me as Interiors by Francesca down here, um, you can also look me up at FrancisHerrera.com. And, yeah, so thank you for listening. I had an amazing time chatting with you and sharing my life experiences and all of the good stuff that's happening and hope I've inspired a lot of other people. I think you have, and I think you will, because they'll listen to the show today, 
tomorrow, the next day, whenever they want to listen to it, you know, because you do have an inspirational story, and I and I and I was honored to have you on the show. And uh, again, I love the story. And what I want to do uh, is down the road when everything starts building up, and I know that's going to be sooner than later, I want to bring you back on to give an update to to uh, your fans, to the listeners, so that uh, they know what's going on in your world. I would love that. That sounds amazing. Well, you have an open invite, Francis. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I wish you a wonderful holiday. And uh, I know we'll be in touch because, you know, we, we shoot each other tweets all the time. Oh, but yeah. um sending you a big hug and kiss for the holidays and all the listeners. I hope you all have a safe and blessed holiday. And uh, I look forward to catching up with everyone soon. Initiating shutdown sequence. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. What is your major malfunction? So let it be written. So let it be done. Ladies and gentlemen, my mother thanks you. My father thanks you. My sister thanks you. And I thank you.